Hey everybody, you're listening to Dream Team Origins. This week, we're talking to Angela Saracino. Angelo is one of those people in the tech community that I really look up to. He's one of those people who is just good at everything. He's an amazing designer. He's really good at talking and presenting himself. He's an amazing software engineer. And if I could pick anybody that I would want to be, it would probably be Angelo Saracino. Hey, Angelo. So how did we meet? Well, uh, I think I think it was just as haphazard as yeah, I guess. No, like you're, yeah. Uh, so I, I remember seeing you at, at Mango Hacks. Uh, you, I think you you took like, for example, you looked really official. Like you're wearing the orange shirt. And I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> she's, you know. But yeah, uh, I remember meeting you at, at Mango Hacks, and uh, we didn't really have uh, as much time of like interaction there, uh, since I was also equally new. Uh, but over, like, you know, as I started seeing you across other Florida hackathons, right, we, I think we got to know each other better. Um, so you have such this aura about you. You just are one of those people that people just want to come up and talk to. You're amazing at talking and selling a product and just explaining things to people. So when I walked into Mango Hacks, I was just immediately drawn to you. Not to mention your amazing design skills. First off, I want to be on the record. You are a better designer than I am. No, uh, no, just, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that really stems to, um, you know, like I just want to make people feel included, right? Like there's a, a moment in time, right, where like, you know, if you think about it, attention is a, is actually a, like an infinite resource. Uh, you know, time is the finite part, but like you can you can give most anyone attention. And I think most people are deserving of it, right? Um, so like that, that's kind of like my motivation to meet uh, people, right? And, and to like, I think like someone has a story that's like really worth hearing, you know, because there's always something you can learn, um, you know, and that's like my motivation to hackathons, right? Like usually just comes from like learning, right? Because like, since I'm like, it's weird, like I, I'm like considering myself as like the CEO, the CEO, CTO, right? Like I'm technical enough to like handle myself and usually like in non-technical situations, but then on, on the other way around where I have like, you know, a lot of my friends who, who tend to be developers, usually I'm able to kind of offer uh, like the other side of, of their line of thinking, right? Um, but it really just stems from inclusion, right? Like I think I think there's value to be uh, provided from anyone really, uh, which is a strange way to put it, right? Like, but I think like everyone's like has something that's worth learning about and worth hearing. So. That's really cool. Does that desire for inclusivity drive you to what you're doing now? Yeah, I, I think um, from like my perspective on like how I pick a project to work on, right? Uh, or if I go to a hackathon and, uh, you know, I work on a certain idea, it usually stems from like a problem, right? And then you have to understand like, okay, is are the existing solutions um, that are currently trying to solve that problem set, uh, you know, like intuitive enough to where the people using them uh, feel like you know they can continue using the product uh, or continue using that like software solution and like even in a technical or non-technical sense um, like you know it can even apply to like government right like there's a, so many systems that are out there that are are you know designed either purposely to exclude or include only certain groups of people to get a certain result 
Um, and I think it's like up to us really, if we want to like build better products or build better systems that we really take into account like as many viewpoints as like possible and be able to make sure that people feel like included in that process. So like I'll take, uh, for example, like the, 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 the hackathon project that I was at Mango Hacks when I first met you, right? Like, you know, really just stemmed from, uh, for background, right? For, uh, for listeners, uh, we made like a, a Slack bot that just basically caught you up in conversations, right? Um, and like, if you think about it, you know, not many people have the time to like stay glued to your phone or stay glued to your, your laptop, right? And just like see all the conversations that happen. So we're like, you know, Krista and myself and Ben, uh, we were just basically like, okay, how can we solve this problem of like people not being able to be a part of the conversation when they physically cannot be there or like be mentally present in that conversation? How do we just like give them a, give them a, a summarization of what just happened so they can just like step right into the conversations and start telling jokes or, or be like right up to the minute with their conversations. But yeah, usually most of the problem domains that I, I, I've, I've been attracted to just tend to be out of a problem of the existing solutions are not good enough or, or they're not elegant. So, you know, maybe with a little bit of like taking advantage of being able to have a lot of empathy and perspective, hopefully things get better. So earlier, I heard you say that you were still new to this hackathon thing back then. Was Mango Hacks your first hackathon? Uh, I think it was Hack FSU that was my first hackathon, which I think was like the two weeks before Mango Hacks uh, or three um, or a month. I, I'm not sure. It wasn't my first hackathon, definitely, but it all happened so quickly. I think my first hackathon was just a month before, but I, I think the bug bit me so hard. I think I signed up for like a hackathon every single week after Hack FSU. And yeah, so like at that moment, I was still very, very new. Yeah, it, but but like, if it, I'm not sure if you ever like, like noticed this like phenomena, right? When you like you you get into something and you're just completely enamored with it, you just kind of like go all in, and you're you're on the roller coaster, you're on the ride. So like my perspective of time, right, in that place, like it was a month, but it felt like a little bit longer. But I I I, I was very new, very new. Yeah, like the same thing happened to me. After going to my first hackathon, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And then after about the third or the fourth one, I'm like, this is hell. Like, yeah. I've done nothing but sleep on the floor, eat nothing but pizza. But then I, on the way home, I'd be like, wow, I'm never doing this again. And then I would hear about the next one a couple days later and be like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I, I can concur, right? Like, like, you know, I think there's like I said, always this moment of dread, right? Like after you pitch or like before you pitch and you're just like, I'm never doing this again. And then like an hour after is like, when's the next one? But yeah, it happens to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what got you into hackathons or what got you to go to your first hackathon? So when I was... First started at Florida International University, uh, which for, for those of whom do not know, uh, FIU is a um, state uh, university in Miami, Florida. And uh, FIU definitely like wasn't my first choice. And there was like a, a bunch of like weird detours that I've taken along the way. So uh, when I was, it was basically, um, when I went to my first hackathon, I was a freshman in, in university. Uh, I was an electrical engineering major um, because at the time I thought like, like 
I conflated programming with freelancing and I was like, you know, being a developer is like a certain type of personal hell. That's what I thought because I was making websites for people and it was a big struggle to get people to pay me, which I think like you as a, like a designer, right? If you ever take on contract work, it's like a number one problem. So I literally thought like that was what software development meant. Um, it was a very uninformed opinion. And I was taking an introduction, uh, introductory programming class at the university. I sh like it started like circling around the class. It was, I was doing like a, a, web, a website for like myself or for some project. There was a, another another friend who who saw me work on this. He went to a startup weekend, and a startup basically was like looking for a developer. Uh, they couldn't afford to pay me, uh, so they offered equity. And in my naive sense, I, I accepted the role uh, for no pay. Uh, but jokes on them, I didn't know a single thing. Um, so it was kind of like this series of like, you know, weird detours that I'd taken. And um, so this person that, that got me onto the team uh, basically said like, hey, we can like go to, uh, you know, a, a hackathon and we can like, you know, build things. And I was like, no, this is like, like I would offer no value at all whatsoever. Um, you know, I have like homework. I would just like make up like dumb excuses. Uh, and I also had a job in retail. So like time was, was a, at a, at a, a premium. And after like continuous rejections, I just like, like his like badgering, um, was like successful enough to get me to go to hack FSU. And he ended up not being able to go. But, uh, when I went to hack FSU, um, I was on this bus. I didn't know. Like, I didn't think like believe that the bus was free. Like that was a just very foreign concept. That like a school was willing to pay for for travel, right, for you to go to their hackathon. And on the bus, like since I didn't really know anyone in like the computer science department, like I you know didn't really have like much friends there. Um, I bought like snacks for everyone, <laughs> so I could like make friends, you know. Um, so like I, I, I assumed the role of like bus mom. And I was able to like meet meet people, uh, and then I, I like went to Hack FSU and I started like meeting all the FIU people, and they were just I was very lucky, right, to to meet you know a group of of people who are now my who I can call like my best friends that were just so inclusive in that moment. I, I think they were very like friendly to me because I got the food. I'm pretty sure it'd have been a different story if I didn't. But yeah, that, that was my first hackathon, and that's kind of like the, the series of experiences that really got me there. So you talked about not seeing value in hackathons. How has your opinion changed? Uh, it was, oh, I mean, it's just complete 180, right? And, and I think it was more like, I felt that my presence there wouldn't really add anything to the event, uh, which is a very like, almost, uh, you know, very counterintuitive, right? Like you wanna learn something new, you have to like be able to put yourself out there. Uh, but I, I was very scared to those, to that experience, right? I was just like, Here's this person that's like not really a good developer, um, you know, someone who, um, at least at the surface, right, like tends to be someone who's very conceptual. Uh, you know, like I, 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 I basically kind of like sold to myself the idea that I really didn't belong there, so I didn't go. And then I guess at the the the, the counterpoint, right, is like what changed my mind to it is that when I actually started going to these events and how like people were very like, you know, accepting in some of their own ways, right? Like, I think like the scene in terms of like inclusivity, like it's definitely changed now, but then was like mostly like 
yo, you need to change your terminal. Like you got to use iTerm. Uh, like they, they mean it in a loving way, but like, you know, and they're trying to help you out, but like it comes more across as like, you know, Hey, like you're not using the right tool. I'm going to like be upfront with you, like install Adam, install like a real text editor. I think like, I have like this windows laptop and hack at this year. I was using like, notepad plus plus, uh, like Juan Alvarado, which whom we, who we know is a mutual friend just looked at me and just gave me like this face of like, like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like here <laughs> install Adam, but like, it wasn't like, like hostile right it was just like okay if you're going to be a developer like these are the tools of the trade you know these are the things you have to learn on so so yeah i mean i, I feel like like new people right in the space for anyone who, who's feeling like they can't really bring anything of value to a hackathon or feel like you know you're just going to be like another mouth to feed it's really not the case like they want you there hackathons want you there uh and i later realized that and i started feeling much more welcome at the events uh which which was really good you know so something you touched on is what we would call imposter syndrome. Do you feel like you have imposter syndrome or feel like you have imposter syndrome in your current position? Yeah. So in terms of like how I feel about like having imposter syndrome, like I definitely have it. I definitely still experience the symptoms of it. I think it's, it's really like, it's, it's, I think like I can like dissect my imposter syndrome into like three you know, buckets of like emotions of usually like what I get. I think one is the feeling of like, you really don't belong somewhere. <clears throat> so like, I, I touched on this like a little bit earlier, uh, where like, I felt like just my, my presence being at a place was like, will detract from the situation. Uh, and it, it happens often. Like it's also not only in tech, right? Like sometimes like, you know, a friend will like go invite me out and I would just be like, oh, well, you know, like I'm just really going to be a nuisance. I'm just probably not going to bother. Uh, so I have to like actively like fight against that, fight against those emotions. And then like the other two, right? Like one is in like knowledge, right? Like belief that you know something. And I think it's like, it, I think like sometimes it's healthy, right? Like being able to check yourself and being able to check, you know, like, okay, I know this thing. I'm not going to like fully go out of the, out of the, the box saying I, I know a hundred percent of it. Like it's healthy, but I think like for me, right? Sometimes I'll just like completely like disprove the fact that I know something. It's like, yeah, I, I know web development, right? And then like, I don't really know web development. And then like that kind of like spirals out of control to the point where like, you know, oh, because I don't know this thing, I can't build whatever I want to build. And it makes it so that, you know, sometimes it's paralyzing, you know, like I, I think there are some moments, right? Especially like previous internships uh, where, I would like sit at my desk and I'd just be like, and I'd just let the void of the text editor, right? And how blank it is when I have to like make something really like consume me. And I'll just like spin my wheels and just be, and just like, you kind of tell yourself these things that really aren't true. Like I'm a bad developer. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And and, and over time, right? You believe this. And it, and it really like, it really is like emotionally laborious. So I, I think I still, I still deal with it. Uh, those are like at my current, at my current role. You know, I, I, I've been actively fighting that. And even in my previous, like, even during other hackathons, right? They're, especially considering, like, my, my non-technical background initially. Like, I'm not really a developer who came from, like, someone who was, like, writing basic on, like, the family computer when I was 12. I have a much different background than most other folks uh, coming into tech, I think. Which I don't think is the case now. But, like, usually the stereotype is, like, someone who's just been very precocious at a very young age. Which again, like also comes into imposter syndrome, right? Like we we think that like, oh, because I didn't like start programming when I was like three years old, 
I'm never going to be good. <laughs> uh, so I talked about like, you know, lack of ability. And then the third part is, is really like, um, the expectation that we kind of put on ourselves. There are moments where I think like we can kind of compare ourselves to people that we admire. Uh, and I, and I do this like all the time. There are like people who contribute to open source software that like I follow on Twitter and I'm just like, Oh my God, I want to be them. Right. And you get kind of like in some ways, right. Feelings of envy. Um, you're just like, I want to become that person. Then you, you're like, Oh, well, since I'm not that person, I'll never be that person. I'll never be as good as that person. So you start to really like knock yourself down a peg, right. To the point where it becomes counterproductive, right? Like whenever you don't like believe in yourself, you, you know, you're really short changing, changing like your ability to do things. So in that case, right. That's kind of like the, the other aspect of imposter syndrome that I kind of de deal with, right. Is that like you're surrounded by, in, you know, in work by like capable people or people who, who, you know, come off as more capable uh, than yourself, you know, and you think that, and it, and it also suffers like to your ability to get to get things done. So there's like an internal pressure, an external pressure, and then there's like, you know, the pressure of just even dealing with those pressures, uh, kind of like really really affect your your journey as like, as a new developer. And I am still juggling that uh, every day. And I'm like taking taking steps, right? Like I think like the third thing I, I mentioned, right? Like one thing that I, I try to do is like if there's someone who who like I am like God, I would like love to be Dan Abramoff because I get to like talk about React. You know, I, I, I can just be like, okay, well, you know, this person is probably like has went through like a similar like situation I did, right? He just tends to be older, tend to be in the field than, than I have to be, right? Easily just reach out and like send him a message or send any other developer a message, like some low hanging fruit, like uh, what are like some ways of like how I can move around about my career or just literally starting a conversation, right? Like I think like people who do not like, like I think it's severely underrated, like you can just like friend the people you admire right you can just like if there's someone that you really look up to like being being a good person and being a friend is like free and it also just like it's i think it's like the, one of the best like being a good friend is like probably one of the best things that like i one of the best things about humanity period and we can like, go on about like the ontological arguments about this right but like um yeah like I, i'm trying like trying to take like active steps and measures right to like handle that so I know when I deal with imposter syndrome, it's totally about that third aspect. It's seeing another designer and being like, wow, like that person's so good. I'll never be as good as them. But design is unique in the sense that everybody has their own different style and different way of doing things. And as a designer, can you speak to how that third aspect affects you? Yeah, uh, I think in... It's been a little bit more removed since I haven't been designing as much as I hoped. But uh, I would like there's a, there's a Facebook group called like HH Design, and you you like I think like two years ago, one year ago, there were like prominent posters right who would continue to like write about how they get to a certain place. And I guess like in terms of and maybe I'm misinterpreting the question, but like in terms of like uh, whatever I do with like designer envy, right? <laughs> uh, I think the first thing I do right is check my emotions, check myself, just be like, okay, like I, I, I feel like inadequate in that moment. Whenever as a designer, whenever I, I see like a body of work on dribble or HH design that I'm just like, damn, like I, I really wish like my skills were on point. Uh, like the person's air. Like, like first thing is that like, I think in order to counteract those feelings, you just have to like understand your strengths. Right. And then like believe in those strengths. So like as a designer, for me, like I'm, I'm really not a good illustrator. 
uh, like you don't ask me to draw like a perfect circle. Um, I'll, I'll draw you a square. <laughs> I know, understand where I'm challenged, uh, but I, I just kind of kind of balance those those negative emotions right with what, like what I am good at. And then like whenever I interact with like a designer who who like deeply respect or I see his work and it's just really great. I just kind of like reach out to him and just like, hey, I saw your thing on like dribble like. How, how did you get like this Bezier curve, like proper, right? Or like, what are some of your inspirations? Like, I think you can easily like break it down, those emotions, like through conversation, right? And just trying to under understand the, the person uh, of like who you look up to. And then like in, in the rare cases where that person either A, doesn't have time or B, just isn't welcoming, right? Then like you, you kind of see, right? Like the true like the true emotions, true personality behind like who you look up to. And then that, that, that facade gets shattered, right? You're just like, wow, that person's mean. I don't want to like be like him, you know, <laughs> so, or her, right? So, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I handle that. So just like you said, when it comes to design or anything, it really, you have to acknowledge what you're good at. You have to find your niche in the world. And that's what makes tech so unique is you have a bunch of different people coming from a bunch of different backgrounds and a bunch of different styles all coming together, working on this one product, and you belong. I, I like to, what is it, when I was starting out, um, and I, I would tell myself, oh, I, I'm not good at anything. And then I would just like, turn around like, well, I'm good at not being good at anything. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what you're up to these days? Yeah, so uh, currently I am a senior at Florida International University still. Uh, I, I think I have like a semester or so left. I, I'm not exactly sure. Currently I am working at a, at a certain hedge fund uh, in the Northeast. I don't think I'm allowed to say which one, uh, but I'm pretty sure you can guess. And I'm currently working more as a software developer, working on like products. Um, before that, uh, I was a director uh, of Mango Hacks, uh, I think for like its um, third iteration. Uh, and that, that was a lot of fun. So what do you want to do after you graduate? Not exactly sure. Uh, first, I want to get a job. That would be that would be nice. Uh, but if I don't get a job, that's also still nice either way. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, what I would directly want to do after when I graduate is really find a, a role that like kind of grows with me. I'm also still very unsure, right? Like, over time, as, as like my, my career in, in tech kind of has progressed, it was basically uh, a, I don't know, like, like a rock in an ocean. And like I, I started off as a designer and then I started doing front end engineering, started doing like middleware and API stuff and then did back end stuff. And then I did like DevOps, which was like servers and like bare metal and like software architecture just by chance. And then now I'm kind of doing all of that at my current job. I'm like doing every single thing. So I just, I'm just kind of like looking for like positions where I can grow. And even if I don't find a job where I grow and I decide like maybe do something independently, I still just want to like approach problems with the same zeal and curiosity that I had in like day one. So since you've kind of worked all over the place, front end, back end, design, which do you prefer? Oh boy. I... I still haven't found the answer to that question. I think right now I'm really like digging like front end work again. There was a moment in time where like, I'm pretty sure you, you, you like you, you or people can relate. You do like front end for like a little bit too long. You do with like one manager who's just like resize this button like by two pixels. And then he's, then they're like, no, that's not right. You gotta resize it by one pixel. 
like that back and forth between the product owner and yourself just becomes like a drain on you. And you're just like, fine, just give me the AWS cluster. Like I'll just work there. Um, now I, 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 I'm back in front end and I'm really enjoying the work that I'm doing right now. Do you prefer to be a master of one trade or a jack of all of them? This is the existential question that, that drives my existence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, it's 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 a little weird. I, I I would like to be a master at one thing. I just never thought I've ever had the attention span to focus on one thing, or in some cases, right, a little like a little unfortunately, or the resources. You know, like if if you like like growing up, I, I remember like uh, wanting to be a weatherman uh, for some reason because I think like I had a, a, a precocious attraction to getting the weather wrong about things and telling everyone on television that that I'm wrong about it raining at two o'clock um and like i i just like would go to like the library and i would like check out books on weather but then like i'd be in like the science section and then i'd also check out books about like space and check out books about computers because i just like would i'd see something shiny and then i followed it <laughs> and then i realized i probably can't focus on like maybe one or two three things uh so i i, I decided right like over time you know in my academic career you know, maybe, maybe it's not such a bad thing that I can't like focus on like things I want to learn at. Maybe I can just like slowly over time, like build this mastery of a bunch of different things. And like, I think like we have quite a bit of time relatively. So I think it's just as I like, you know, as I just learn things, hopefully I'll become a master at one thing, any one particular thing, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. I like to have a working knowledge of a lot of different things. But, you know, life steers you in a direction that you never thought it would be and you end up in crazy places and it's fun. That's part of the great thing about life. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to be like a Navy boat captain for like the longest time, you know, uh, and then now, now I write software for a living. So you mentioned some of your mentors that you had along the way. Can you tell me more about them? Yeah, sure. Um, so... It's weird. Like my relationship with the people who guided me usually was never in like a mentorship capacity in a way. It was just kind of like friends that were just very, <laughs> it's a very unfair characteristic, but like a little neurotic on how people like programmed and developed things. Uh, so they see me do things and then to be like, oh yeah, like tabs, like you get like some weird discussions like, yeah, you really shouldn't use like spaces, you should use tabs. And then like, since I was new, right, I just didn't question that advice. I just been okay. Like, I should use tabs and then like another person will come and like wow you're using tabs you should totally use spaces and then I'm like i'm still new and i'm like i don't know what who i should listen to but you guys have been doing this longer than i have so i'm just gonna like blindly listen um but yeah i, I guess in terms of mentors I, I didn't really have like uh you know an out and out mentor i just had i was just really lucky to be uh around a, a group of friends that um were very invested in my growth um so I guess that is a mentor in some some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. It, it, so uh, most of them were, were just friends who just happened to be programming, who who were just so like intrigued at like the fact that I was new and the fact like you know you had like some I don't know nobody come out of nowhere just like wanting to sit at the same table that they are. Um, yeah. And then like in terms of like, you know, having like this one person that's been guiding me and, and if not whatsoever, like uh, I really wish that was the case. Right. Like there's there's been moments and times where like there were professors or people that, uh, you know, 
you know, people who like would be my boss where I reach out to and be like, Hey, like, you know, it'd be really nice if we can like set up like some sort of like one-on-ones consistently where you just talk about like advice and stuff like that. And I would get responses like, you know, like Angelo, like I can't mentor you. The answers were thin, right? Like some weird, you know, like almost like answer that like, just, I guess like to spur reassurance or something. And, and uh, you know, I, I still would consider myself like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like relatively junior. Um, and I'd be like in that moment, like pretty distraught. I would be like, like I, I'm, I can't be mentored. Like I'm a mentorable, like I already have the answer, you know, like that's weird. Like that, that kind of sucks. I really wish there was like someone who can like guide me. Um, but I really later realized that it wasn't like just one person that I should be looking for. It was just the people were there in my life the entire time, uh, just in different ways. Um, so it's never usually for me. It was never usually a an out and out type of like advice giver. It was just a, a multitude of people that you know we can reach out to for each other in the community that that really provide guidance. And then like because I didn't have that like out and out mentorship experience that I really wish I did. What I kind of end up doing that when it was like my time, I basically would reach out to like new developers and and try to be a, a welcoming and steady hand that will like you know like teach things like you know i still love to give workshops and i still love to like you know help people out when it comes to like practicing coding interviews or reviewing their resume it's something that like i don't view that as a time sink i, I view that as like something that's really intrinsic of, as, or as part of, of this of this career right because tech has this large possibility of being very unwelcoming and very scary because it is scary right like learning something new that is as hard as development and development is hard. There's a lot of people who, who would disagree with that. And I think I, I would like fight them on Twitter any day, right? That's wrong. Uh, like programming is difficult. Writing good software is difficult. Writing even bad software can be difficult. Uh, so like, like, you know, having the human aspect, right? Like not be up to snuff um, and like providing in like another emotional pressure, right? When it's already hard enough to learn something on its own, you know, you want to make it as like seamless as possible. And that's kind of like my motivation, I guess, like with the way how I approach mentorship and the way how I approach like organizing events. Have you had a moment where you were like, wow, I'm actually really good at this whole tech thing or where you felt like you found your place? Yeah, there is. So I, I was, I applied to this one fellowship program called Code 2040's Tech Trek. So I, I, I tried I tried applying for the Code 2040 Fellows program, I think like two years back or a year back. And I remember like doing the application and there were like a technical like development, like it was like a, a, a interview question because they wanted to like technically like screen you to make sure that like, you know, if you couldn't like reverse a link list, like you probably qualified, I guess, which remains dubious to this day. And I remember not being able to do the application. Like I stopped midway and I was just like, Oh wow! Like I can't do this. Like maybe maybe I'm just a, you know, a glorified salesman. Uh, and in that moment, it was like pretty emotionally painful. But I, I, you know, it was almost like if someone was just hearing me in my my inner monologue, I got like an email, you know, after the fellow's application closed, uh, basically saying, "Hey, like we noticed that you didn't finish the, the fellowship application. We have this program where we'll fly you out to San Francisco." And you get to like meet other people in tech, like meet other like black and, and Latin folks. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's great. 
So I, I filled out the application and it was this wonderful like alternative spring break and we were able to visit like a bunch of other tech companies and we were able to be very open and honest about the pressures that like, you know, underrepresented people uh, within the space kind of face, uh, you know. And we had this this really like touching moment between like the, the people who were who were there kind of like I guess like I don't remember like the specifics right but there was like a moment in time where just like hey like one of the guys who was like at Microsoft uh, you know one of the speakers he was just like hey like I know that you feel like you don't know anything and like you're probably gonna feel that feeling for a while and it's just like just by the fear, mere fact that you're feeling that like you belong it really like framed framed like my uh, my uh, like lack of belief you know in, into like a, a positive like a, into a positive experience and that's kind of when i realized it from that day forward like even if i don't feel like i know the thing that i that i want to know at the time i will in the future and just because like i'm learning right just a mere fact that i'm like saying something as like as like a mere hello world in a console like i am a developer right and even if it's like just because i'm not like working on distributed systems i'm like this crazy like you know nasa project or something like just because like I'm just writing hello world and like my console and printing it out like that's good enough like I I am a developer you can't really take that away from me and that's when I realized like I belong in tech and I, I and I really should stay in tech because there was a few moments right where I'd go through like you know my classes especially like data structures or like discrete math and I really wasn't good at it at the beginning uh, and it remains to be seen if I'm like a master at it like that struggle, like, you know, I would be like having to go to like study sessions and like, you know, tutoring all the time. And it'd be really like demoralizing, you know, because you start to tell yourself things like maybe I'm not smart enough to be a developer, you know, maybe, I, you know, that type of thing. And sometimes it washes over you. And luckily I got like the encouragement that they got it right at the right time before like I, I did a career switch. And, and from that moment forward, I, I resolved, like, that's when I realized, like, I belong here. I'm, I'm, I have stickers on my laptop. <laughs> you know, I have a hackathon shirt, you know, outward, right? I look like a developer. I, I am one. I can code. Yeah. And that's when I realized I, I belonged and I stayed. And then I resolved to make it so that, like, other people can feel that, that way, too. I try to keep the, I guess, like door always open. So like, if you have any listeners who are just like, wow, I, I really need to get my resume reviewed or I need like a person to mock interview with, uh, that's something that I always like like to do. So they can always, uh, I guess, like reach out at, um, you know, on Twitter, send a DM to my app. And yeah, I'm always, I'm always here to help out. And like, you know, if you're new in a career, I, I'll do the best I can to make sure that you, you know, find a job or, or find your footing. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cake or pie? Oh, definitely cake. Marvel or DC? Marvel. College sports or professional sports? Professional sports, for sure. Cold weather or hot weather? Hot weather. Every day. Would you rather travel domestically or internationally? You know, it's weird. I never got in my passport yet to like... I can't, I don't even think I'm allowed to say internationally. True. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Would you rather spend your money or save your money? 
I'm, 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 I'm going to like pick the third way. I'll be like, invest. <laughs>